How much did that scriptwriter get paid? Like, I, like that's oh, yeah, millions. Oh probably. my gosh, <laughs> I could have done better than that. Sarah was on a bit of a Peter Pan kick, and was watching. Well, we watched the the 2003 release of mm-hmm. Peter Pan. Did you guys ever see that one? No, I saw Hook. Yeah, and then the original Disney cartoon. I'm yeah, looking yeah. It up now. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there was we watched that one, and then we watched the latest one. It was a Peter Pan and Wendy, the the Disney. Oh, yeah. um, like I said, I heard I heard that one was abysmal. Yeah, it was. Um, but apparently the the 2003 one is closer to the book, mm. of, like of all of them, even better than the cartoon. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and I, I thought um, it was going to be kind of bad. Uh, the 2003 uh-huh. one, but I actually ended up kind of liking it. Really? I thought it was a little bit more um, symbolic and told a better story because I'm not saying this is as a revelation, like no one else knows this, but it was. It just dawned on me that the Peter Pan story, the the main protagonist is Wendy, yeah, and not Peter Pan. Like for I don't know, I guess just like I always assumed, like oh, it's Peter Pan. Like Peter Pan right, is a titular character. Yeah, and mm-hmm, I. Yeah. I I never watched it enough to really, you know, as a kid, I was never really interested in the story. I I, I never thought it was compelling, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I just assumed he was the main character. But then after watching it enough, I also grew up on the Hook version, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. which is like a totally different Peter Pan. Technically, that's so. a sequel. I, I believe right? to right because he marries like the great granddaughter of mm. Wendy, yeah, or something like that, or the yeah. daughters, or because Peter Pan is played by Robin Williams. Right. Yeah. So it's an older Peter Pan. Um, right. Wendy's an old lady at that point. An old lady. An old. <laughs> she's yeah. elderly. Yeah. Um, so I guess it may be the, yeah, like so God, like a, or the, the granddaughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a sequel. Hook is a sequel to. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I and in that one, Peter Pan is the like the, the main mm-hmm. character. Yes. Yeah. In, yeah, in right, Hook, right. but mm-hmm. in I guess the original, it's it's Wendy. Because Peter Pan is actually kind of a tragic character, yeah. yeah in the other sure. ones, because uh-huh. Wendy's like you, you know, you should, you should really grow up, mm-hmm. and you should leave this like world of child, childness behind. And he says no. Yeah. Basically, it was like I just I can't do that. <clears throat> I'm, and right. I'm, I'm going to stay here. And I think in the 2003 version, that's really uh, like more apparent. Re- yeah, that's yeah. more apparent and mm. more poignant in that one. Um, I guess what, what I liked about the 2003 version was that it was very it told a good story of like the the awakening to i guess a larger life mm-hmm. and not like i think loss of innocence is a little too harsh but it, it's more that wendy comes to the realization that she has to grow up <clears throat> and that yeah, yeah. growing up is not a bad thing that there's more that there's more to life than being a child mm-hmm. right because that's how the movie starts with Wendy and her brothers uh, in their house. And, and she's going to move out of the nursery. Right? Is that what it is? Is that right? Yeah. And now I'm getting... Joseph now, says yes. Yeah. Now I'm getting confused because in the, the new one, she's being sent off to boarding school. Boarding school. school. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's yeah, it's time for you to... Right. And so that's, that's the, that sets the tone for the story. Is yeah. that like you're introduced to Wendy first? Mm-hmm. This is the conflict: is that she was going to leave mm-hmm. and grow up, um, but she's conflicted because she likes playing with her brothers, right? And then she's taken away by, like Peter Pan is like the embodiment of not growing up. Yeah, really. it's like she and, has a trip. Yeah, and she <laughs> like and she yeah. sees yeah. and yeah. she sees uh, mm-hmm. what that life looks like um, mm-hmm. of not growing up, and so. When you think about it from that perspective, it makes sense how Wendy's the main character. Um, you know, she was introduced mm-hmm. first. Like you're the first person; she's the first person that you're introduced to. Then Peter Pan comes in. Right. Yeah. Um, well, she has a complete story arc. Yeah. Whereas Peter Pan actually does just stays the same. He's the, the whole time. He's, yeah. Yeah. You know, literally the the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, for forever. Right. You know, the the like eternal child. Yeah. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. The, um, yeah. And and Wendy is really that presence for Peter to challenge him to grow up. Yeah. Um. He has the option to grow up. Um. But I, I love like um you know Peterson's analysis is really popular on Peter Pan, um and how, you know the on the only, um female character in Peter Pan's life, before meeting Wendy is is um, Tinkerbell. 
mm-hmm. which is like he says is like the fairy of porn, like yeah. <laughs> explicitly. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, she embodies basically um, uh, just just pleasure and um, uh, yep. no responsibility. Yeah. Um, and so when Peter, it's interesting, and and I remember in the cartoon, you had Wendy kind of pulling Peter out of himself, being like, hey, you can grow up, and even we can even have a relationship, but, you know, that's going to require you to become a man. Right. And um, Tinkerbell is, like, pissed, mm-hmm. right? And she she actually, doesn't she hand over Wendy? Yeah, she conspires with Hook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, she hands him over to the chief priest. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> For 30 pieces of silver. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, that's a like f- um, the, the dynamic between Wendy and um, Tinkerbell is really mm-hmm. interesting, um, and it just it, it works to showcase um, uh, the feminine, right. how the feminine can work in a man's life. Yeah. Um, well, so that, and that's a big difference with the new one. So in the new mm-hmm. one, Tinkerbell is actually like sort of friends with Wendy mm-hmm. and helps Wendy. Oh, really? Did Whereas, you see, did, so did you watch the new one? Um, uh, it depends on like how do you define watch? Because I was there and I watched a lot of it, but there was actually times where I was totally checked out. It was very boring. Okay, mm-hmm. actually. Um, but in in yeah, in the new one, Wendy and uh, Tinkerbell are sort of friends. She mm. can't understand Tinkerbell because mm-hmm. she speaks fairy, and this <laughs> is this is real. Oh <laughs> and but she you know eventually learns her language and everything like that. Whereas in the two thousand three version, in the one you know in the cartoon. Um, uh, Tinkerbell is against Wendy. Mm-hmm. You're right. She sort of whispers in the ears yep. of the Lost Boys mm-hmm. to shoot her down out of right. the sky when she's flying in. Yep. Um, uh, she kind of whispers in the ears of of Peter Pan, mm-hmm. like you know, you don't want this. Right. You want to stay here, kind of a kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which you're right is sort of uh, I think archetypally, the fairy you know can be an embodiment of desire mm-hmm. and any kind of desire, but mm-hmm. a desire to hold on to boyish boyishness as yeah, opposed exactly. to not facing Wendy. reality right, right. Wendy's yeah. saying no no leave with me and and uh Tinkerbell saying no stay here right and stay you know young young forever yeah. and that's also um characterized in the lost boys mm-hmm. where like Wendy becomes that character uh, that can bring order to this co- like collection of lost boys mm-hmm. like even their their names is representative of like their identity right right like um they're they're still boys. They're not men, and they're lost. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they remain um, childlike forever. Right. But then I remember in a cartoon when like Wendy is uh, uh, is introduced to them. Like she doesn't she like read them a story and like mm-hmm. you know it's like a caring mother figure. Well, right? well yeah, they, um, they say well at least in the I don't remember the cartoon very well. It's been a while. But in the two thousand three version, they say, "Can you be our mother?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. Wendy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so, like, she, again, like, representing an anchor um, yeah. for, for men. It um, is interesting, <clears throat> too, that there's, like, that aspect of Peter Pan's shadow. So, yeah. he okay, keeps losing. Yeah, has I was to, just like, going to It's the woman that. who has to, like, tie the shadow to him. Well, yeah, he's not she, able she, to she, confront she, his shadow. Yeah, yeah. Like, he keeps... It keeps, yeah. it, it keeps yeah. um, moving away from yeah. him. Like, it, it eludes him. Right. And, and she has to sew it onto him. Yeah, yeah. right, like, right. It's like, yeah. you can face this yeah. chaos. You know, right. you can face the shadow. Um. Yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah, it's really symbolic. And then also the fact that like what Peter Pan will only amount to is like the leader of the Lost Boys. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of that Pinocchio figure, the um the fox and the cat where it's like the fox is this like sly, intelligent figure but only only in light of the cat. You know what I'm saying it's like that big fish in a small pond kind yeah. of thing where it's like you're only going to amount to being able to trick people Lesser, lesser than you, than you. Yeah. Um, and you just kind of circle around that, and you surround yourself with lower people because it makes you feel better. And right, that that's mm-hmm. that whole dynamic yeah. of not growing up. You just kind of get stuck. There. Right, and it's like that stereotype of like, you know, like Peter Pan is still a boy, but he's also older than the Lost Boys, and so yeah. his peers are all people who, like you said, that are under him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, younger than him. Yep. Uh, and so he's never able to actually. He doesn't have any adult mm-hmm. figure to look up to or right. even someone that's like similarly his age that right. can challenge him mm-hmm. in ideas or anything really mm-hmm. um the only the only person he really comes in contact with in terms of being like an adult is hook yeah and, and hook is a tyrannical is like um, masculine. yeah exactly like the, the man <clears throat> yeah. gone wrong really mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah so why yeah. would he want to grow up to be like that 
Which uh, we we talked about this before. I don't know if Peterson mentions it, but it is interesting that what Hook is afraid of is the is the, death, like, right? Is death because and then that's embodied in the like the chaos alligator dragon type yeah, yeah, right. in the waters. But then also who swallowed a clock. It's time. You know, so yeah, right. so it's like yeah. the fact that yeah. time and death and the chaos is all interconnected in this image of a alligator that swallowed a crocodile that swallowed a clock. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um in the two thousand three version and in the play, apparently like typically in the play, the the actor who plays Wendy's father is also Hook. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I believe that's true. Maybe Joe can correct me on this. Um, I believe that's true in in the cartoon one. Yeah, it is. That the the voice, oh, the voice actor, actor is yeah. the same yeah, yeah. as the father and, yep. and Hook. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So because when Wendy leaves in it, it, you know in the movie, uh, she has sort of a bad confrontation with her father. Her mm-hmm. father says, you know, you, you you know, stop with these childish games. You need to grow up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you have yep. to grow up, Wendy. Yeah. And then the next time she, you know, sees him in Neverland, he's <clears throat> the tyrannical father, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. telling, right. you know, <laughs> you know, out to destroy boyhood and right. and uh, the youth yeah. and, right. and such like that. So she's kind of set up with a proposition of like, do you, if you see your father this way, your only option is to live as Peter Pan does. Otherwise, right. you have to kind of change your whole premise about reality. Like you have to embrace the shadow. You have to, you know. I mean, you know, in a maybe a very thinly veiled way, like the the idea of rescuing your father from the underworld is apparent. Mm-hmm. Where in a sense that, like, I don't know. Maybe correct me on this, but what I'm thinking of is like, you know, Wendy is called. If she's going to grow up, she has to take the best parts of her father mm-hmm. uh, and become that. Well. Doing away with the tyrannical, um, corrupted side, right? Yep. Um, and right. so, you know, because she is called to be an adult. Everyone's mm-hmm. called to be an adult. She's called to be an adult. Um, but if her model is her father, um, then she has to do some parsing, right? In yeah. terms of, um, right? Yeah, in terms of her father's character. There's um, also something like uh, psychological in this. Like, I think that there's an undertone. I don't know if it's, like, explicitly stated somewhere, maybe in the original literature. I don't think so. But the fact that she is going through this process at this age is, like, indicative of a woman's starting a cycle. You know what I'm saying? And this this is, like, a common theme among these stories with, like, Alice in Wonderland or whatever. It's, like, um, they're being pulled in by reality itself by starting to bleed. Like, it's, like you're confronted with death and reality yeah. and what do you do about that? So it's yeah. like, that's why she's moving out of the nursery. Cause it's yeah. like, hey, you're like becoming a woman now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, ah, I didn't choose this. And now I have to confront this part of my life. Yeah. Right. And that, that kind of story is, is very tricky to write, especially right yeah, now, yeah. because mm-hmm. it can become very creepy mm-hmm. very quickly. <laughs> right. Or it can be told very well. Um, yeah. And cause the story is a story of Wendy's awakening mm-hmm. in various senses. And in part of it is when she she has to separate from her brothers mm-hmm. because there's kind of a, a time in your psychological development in which you realize, I think there's kind of multiple phases of this, that you are not like the boys. Right. There's sort of a, a, mm-hmm. a period in which boys and girls, in a sense, almost don't yeah. recognize that they're boys and girls. Mm-hmm. It's just right. kids. We're just yep. kids yeah. playing together. Yep. And then the cooties show up. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden right. it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Like, you're not me. Yeah. And there's something different about you that maybe I'm even interested in. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. Peter Pan shows up and it's right. this innocent, it's it's the kind of development of, or it's the the developmental phase of like innocent attraction or, mm-hmm. or innocent crush. Right. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. She has this sort of mm-hmm. crush on him and she's not mm-hmm. really sure what's up. And then they introduce the the motif of the kiss. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the 2003 movie, her mom talks about like, give this kiss to someone Mm. special right and so meaningful and and at this point like wendy still has that you know as pearson talks about like that like wide-eyed innocence mm-hmm. and na- naivete about her um and it's not until she kind of comes back from neverland that yeah. it's still you know she's still you know innocent in a sense mm-hmm. but she knows like no no it is right for me to grow up mm-hmm. but uh-huh. it is that that story of like you said of of becoming a woman yeah yeah and and even the the name Pan is, you know, that means everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so the idea of Wendy saying I'm not like realizing as she's growing up like I'm not like you, mm-hmm. you know, I'm you know, I'm not a boy. Mm-hmm. Um she is detaching herself from this idea that she could just be anything. Mm-hmm. Um and then she chooses to be one thing specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh whereas Pan doesn't make that decision as indicative of right. his name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um he stays in this perpetual like um perpetual uh potentiality. Right. Uh, without actually choosing something, mm-hmm. you know, actualizing um, one single potential. Right. Um, I love the way Peterson puts it. He said, like, you know, to it's a very daunting task to actually become that one thing. Um, but once you bear that responsibility of choosing that one identity, uh, it, like a whole world opens up on the other end mm-hmm. where now as that one person with a clear identity, then you're able to choose a multiplicity of yeah options in front right. of you. Right. Um, you know, like like I could just imagine, like you know, like a, a father, like a a man mm-hmm. who chooses to get married mm-hmm. and becomes a father. That's his identity. But then within that realm of fatherhood, he has options to be creative with his vocation. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's really packed with symbolism. And that yeah, the trick is there that like if you if you think that choosing a specific option is going to limit you indefinitely, then you end up limited by the like inundated level of chaos that you're just like, you can't pick a path because you think a path is going to limit you. And then you're just, you're still frozen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as to which path to pick. So you're, it's kind of like a contradiction. You don't actually like stay in a state where you're happy to do whatever. You're still like bogged down by a weight Mm-hmm. impeding on you that you need to choose something right that's interesting and peter pan doesn't want to choose and there's yeah. some explicit conversations in that in the 2003 version when like wendy basically you know is basically saying like i have feelings for you mm-hmm. in a sense and peter pan's like well why can't we just have fun yeah like like, like what are you doing like we're having fun mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. like this like love and like all this like what is it like i mm-hmm. no, no none of that um and so he doesn't want to make that choice. He just because when you're having fun, you don't necessarily have to make choices. You just yeah, yeah exactly. Like right, just right. go with whatever's mm-hmm. happening ar- around you. Um, but Wendy's forcing him to say either you continue to live like that, mm-hmm. or you grow up. And then he's right. like, "Well, well, then I'm going to have a career and a job, and yeah. I don't want that." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's. It, I feel like that's my biggest bone to pick with like this generation's dating habits. <laughs> um, is that just like that we're in the talking zone, like yeah. whatever the friend zone and the, you know, whatever I'm like dating myself trying to name these things. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, call it out. You know, like you don't have to jump the gun on anything, but like define what your status is as a, as a relationship or a couple. Because if you're in this kind of like mixed, like, I don't Gray know, zone. are we something? Yeah. Are mm-hmm. we talking? Whatever. It's like, actually when you move to the next step, then you, understand that there's more options that are open to you. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, let's actually figure this out as opposed to now you're in a state of chaos and anxiety about what it even is. That yeah. leads to like more problems than uh, being yeah. able to like, again, like constrict yourself and be like, no, we're we're seeing each other now yeah. and like exclusively yeah. seeing each other. And that opens up like more options. Yeah. yeah. I, that's one of the moments in the movie, I think where Wendy decides, I want to leave Neverland. Mm. is when she kind of confronts him about this relationship mm-hmm. that they have and says, okay, you just want to have fun. Right. Okay, well, I, I want to go home. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's just like define what this is. It's yeah. like if it's nothing, okay, then right. I, I want to cool. leave. Yeah. yeah. It like it's like Maybe that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a better way to go about uh-huh. it as opposed to the perpetual like, yeah, yeah right. we're just chilling. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Did the new version that just came out how, how did it handle some of these themes? Yeah, well, it from... didn't. For a while. <laughs> oh, okay. No, it, it's, <laughs> <There> it, <is. laughs> it was a, it was very strange. Um, I think it was plagued by, and I, I don't know the like technical um, filmography uh, mm-hmm. uh, name for it. You guys might know, but it was it was plagued by assumptions. I was gonna say bullshit <laughs> and bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but by by like the assumption that's like you 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 know Peter Pan you know the story right right so um like for instance when he first shows up he's digging through Wendy's room or I guess the Wendy's in the boys' room 
and he's like going through a chest and immediately you know what he's doing mm-hmm. he's looking for a shadow mm-hmm. but wh- why did his why is his shadow all of a sudden in in Wendy's room right mm-hmm. how, like how did it get there mm-hmm. you know in the other movie he flies in and i think the the window shuts on his shadow or something like that and yeah, like yeah. it gets separated mm-hmm. from him like you you see it, and then they mm-hmm. have to chase it you know and, mm-hmm. and capture it and everything but it's like uh, why would it? Right. What? Yeah. Like it yeah. just kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, th- there's the assumption of, well, you know, it's Wendy and Peter Pan. Of course, they're gonna have like a little thing. Of course, like they're gonna like each mm-hmm. other. But there's almost no reason why they would. Yeah, yeah. No setup or anything. There's no, right. you know, it's just like kind of assumed, like, oh yeah, yeah you know, you know the story. That like, just sounds like bad writing. Yeah. It, there's yeah. A, there's I think a five to ten minute stretch where Peter Pan's gone. <laughs> He's just like not in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the beginning. Like they've met him. Right. They're like in Neverland. Mm-hmm. And then he just disappears. And you're like, well, okay. Comes back with like a latte. Like, hey, guys, <laughs> right. You're like, all right. And it's, it's, there's almost wow. zero meaningful interaction Oof. between Peter Pan and Wendy. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Wendy is more, it, both the actors for Wendy and Peter Pan are too old mm-hmm. to really be believable because it's supposed to be. What like that twelve ish yeah. kind of mm-hmm. area, and they're cl- they're clearly like in their in their teens, mm-hmm. and so Wendy's like angsty mm. teenager, right? Like she kind of like back talks her mom and back talks Peter mm. Pan, but that's not right. That's not quite the idea that I think Peter Pan's supposed to represent. Right, right. Mm. It, it's not the angsty teenage phase. Mm. Right, she's more the wonder innocence. Right. Girl. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And. Right. So you have Interesting. you have a bit of that. Then you have the whole Lost Boys or Slash Girls. Yeah, or as yeah. A, as to quote the critical drinker, I think the the lost diverse group of individuals. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> But it's it's important that they're the lost boys. Like yeah. archetypally. Yeah, yeah. Right. In relation it's, to Wendy. Right. The right. Archetype it's, of the mother. It's, right. It's yeah. you know, obviously children need both mother and father. Mm-hmm. But the boys usually correlate to the mother. Mm-hmm. And then the girl to the father, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. generally speaking, symbolically mm-hmm. speaking. So it's important that the the boys need their mother. Yeah, and they're right. they're they're losing this nurturing aspect. Right, right. Because they're not men. Mm-hmm. Perhaps men, you might say, well, you need a strong male mentor. Right. But they're young, and mm-hmm. they need they need that nurturing aspect, and right. they don't have it. You see, and and in leveling out, like in flattening, um, uh, these differences in gender with in a new remake, saying. You know, we're not just all boys. You're you're taking away from the value of the mother, really. Yeah. Because in the original, it's like, like the boy, the the lost boys need that womanly figure to organize them, which puts that womanly figure on this, it, it like lifts her up. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. it gives her immense dignity. Mm-hmm. Well, it, and yeah, so to flatten yeah. that, it's like you're taking away the value of the feminine. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, as soon as she's introduced to the lost boys, they literally almost like lift her up of like, oh my gosh, like. Mom's here. Yeah, and exactly. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, they they're... practically like worship her. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And um, you're taking like the new version just takes, but that's like that's emblematic of like modern cinema now. It's just like there's, there's no difference between well, females, males. Like, well, she even says that in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, she meets them and, and they say, "Well, we're the Lost Boys," and she's like, "Well, you're not all boys," and they say, uh, "Was so it what?" Yeah, they're like, "So what?" And she's like, "I guess you're right. It doesn't matter." Right. And I was like, "Wow." Might on well the looks, nose. You could like look right at the screen. <laughs> For that, at that, that is, point, yeah, it's like, just lecture me. Bad just, just script writing. And so, like, the, the she's like, You're not all boys, so what? And then she like looks off and she's like, I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, like, you're and in Neverland, that's like the last thing on your mind. Like, if it, yeah, like, what? She, yeah. she also, uh, there's, oh, like so a, there's like a story hour with him, and I think she said, How something. much did that script writer get paid? Like, I, like that's oh, yeah, millions. Oh probably. my gosh, <laughs> I could have done better than that. It's, pay me millions, I'll write I your next know. Peter Pan script. I don't know how much he was paid, but. Yeah, and I, there's a point where she's reading to the lo- the lost group, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the, lo- <laughs> the lost people, yeah, um, the lost things, <laughs> and uh, I think she says something about like being, you know, being a mother or or not. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. you can, you know, you can you can be a mother, or you know, maybe you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, not like basically like not every woman has to be a mother, right. and it, and it was like. Okay, like that's I, like I, I I get it, but it's clearly like a, an undertone 
of again like you're you're losing the plot yeah of yeah. like who Wendy's supposed to represent yeah, yeah, absolutely and as opposed to like well you know maybe you could be free to like never get married or something like right, that. Yeah. It's like, well, that's, that's not, again, that's not You could not be really... a journalist. Right, right. right. <laughs> I don't think that the film originally was written or the book was originally written to like explain the nuances of each particular vocation. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. Um, and you know she's not like, well, you don't have to get married. You you could become, uh, you know, a consecrated sister. <laughs> yeah, and like, right, you know, right. It's like, like, that's not what she means. Yeah. Do you know the Benedictines? Are? Right. It's like, well, you know, you could become a Carmelite. <laughs> you know, join a monastery, pray for the rest of your life. Right, right. <laughs> um, the boys are like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. um, the, it um, also was plagued by, uh, it's a, it's a device, it's a, a um, uh, a motif or device, I think it's like called like an, the act of God or or um, like the act of nature. It's very popular now um, with a lot of, I've noticed, Marvel movies mm. and such like that. And it's either, it goes one of two ways. It's either the hero or the, the villain is redeemed. You kind of saw that with the new Spider-Man. Like they're like, oh, they're, they're mm-hmm. like, they're troubled. Yeah, but yeah. like we can redeem them. Right. Um, or the villain is killed, but not by the hand of the hero. Uh-huh. I think that's mm-hmm. like the act of God or whatever right. um, that the device is called. So it's like the hero, they were both like standing on a ledge or something. And the hero says, you know, I won't kill you. Like, I won't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the villain's like, well, that that's too bad. And like swipes and then like loses his balance. Right, right. And then falls into mm-hmm. the pit the of lava yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so technically the hero didn't do anything wrong. Right, right. Yeah. He didn't, you know, he, he mm-hmm. didn't get his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the villain who accidentally killed right. himself. Um, yeah, yeah. So in this one, they give Hook a backstory. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? <laughs> so I guess Hook was uh. the original, it was the first Lost Boy uh-huh. with Peter Pan, and they were like friends. And I think Hook left at one point. This is when my intention yeah. was starting to like. <laughs> it's like, that's it. I'm out. I was like, I, yeah. I was like, this Yo. is. And, and then I think he comes back, obviously, because that's how he gets yeah, yeah. older. You mm-hmm. know, he wasn't a lost boy at forty-five. Right, right. Yeah, so, <laughs> he could. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that would have so been. So what? Right. 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 You're right. not all boys. <laughs> right. The, the lost boys ageist. and men. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he ran away to Neverland. At, you know, <laughs> forty-seven. That would have been a great commentary, actually. Be like, I'm a boy. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, Hook is Jude Law in the new one. Well, I'm like Jude Law. Oh, okay. That's Man. a big actor. Short right? of yeah. cash, I guess. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> the heck? Well, no, Disney's not short of cash. That's the thing. I'm just saying Jude no, Law. Is. Jude Law. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, I can imagine, like, these movies take a lot of money to create. Like, they're going to pay top dollar for yeah, right. whatever yeah. they want, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they do the backstory, and it turns out, like, he's misunderstood. And so um, the scene happens at the end where... Uh, it, it turns out that there was some like falling out between Peter Pan and Hook, and Peter Pan like alienated him or told him to leave or something like that, and so they're standing on the top of the, uh, the mast of the ship, and you know they're fighting, and then you know there's a moment where they have a conversation, and Peter Pan's like, "I'm sorry," you know, a real friend would say, "I'm sorry," and I I don't you know I shouldn't have done that to you, and there's like this heartfelt moment, and I think like Hook slips. And Peter Pan like holds, grabs, mm-hmm. hooks hook, and he's like, you know, think happy thoughts, think happy thoughts, so you can fly. And Hook's like, I don't have any. And then like the hook slips <laughs> off his hand, and he, he falls, and he plunges, oh, and he plunges into the water. To which I thought when he was plunging, the alligator might come up. Yeah, it's that's yeah. How, you know mm-hmm. how it usually happens. So that doesn't happen. He just plunges into the water, mm. and and that's how it ends. And the movie goes on, and I'm like, "Jeez!" I told Sarah, I was like, "He didn't die." <laughs> I was like, "It's you know the the, the yeah. movie motif. If you don't see the body, yeah. they're not dead. Even if you see the body in Disney and Marvel, they still <laughs> right, come back. Right. <laughs> Nobody <Yeah>. and, dies." <laughs> and sure enough, oh my gosh! You know the movie ends, goes to black, and then it goes back up. Yeah. And, after credits, uh, it was like right, like it was like the movie. It was oh, okay, after, okay yeah. sure. It just like went to black and it came back. Mm-hmm. And there he is, alive with Shmi, holding on to a, a, a plank of wood. And then he looks up in the sky and he sees Peter Pan come back through the clouds on the ship after dropping off Wendy mm-hmm. and, and, and the Lost Boys. And he smiles. 
He looks up and he smiles at Peter Pan. He's what happy is, to see him. Smiling about? He's happy to see him. <laughs> oh. What is he smiling about? I, I would have like, like, loved it if like he ignited a lightsaber or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, they have all the IP. Like, yeah, exactly. Just crossover. That's like, true. That's true. Puts on his Iron Man mask or something. Yeah. But it, it again, oh, it's man. it was the like redemption of the hero or the redemption of the villain. Yeah. Well, okay, so th- there's a there's a trope that's been going on in Disney um, to really, like, humanize villainous characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was um, – they did this years ago with Maleficent in, like, the Sleeping yeah. Beauty. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Um, I remember that. Uh, she got a sequel, too. I think it was, like, Maleficent 2. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Maleficent's um, Revenge. Still you know, Maleficent. I, I think it's <laughs> – <laughs> Even more Maleficent. Um, so, I, I mean, on one hand, I, I, yeah, I wonder, I wonder what you guys think about this. Um, I think on one hand, modernity, if I can speak generally, is not comfortable with um, these strict black and white archetypes of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, okay, this person's like Sleeping Beauty, um, the, the queen is like archetypally satanic. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. Doesn't she turn into a dragon? Yeah. Maleficent. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it's very clear. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, on the the, the, the soldier, the prince has right. prince has like a a cross on his yeah, the shield. sword of truth. And, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's like yeah, very right. clear. Mm-hmm. And so, like the like to to make a movie or a story of uh um trying to sympathize with the villain of someone who's so archetypally evil mm-hmm. is. Dangerous, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know when you're playing with those mm-hmm. archetypes. On, on the other hand, you do have um, you do have good stories that sympathize with the villain's background. Like Darth mm-hmm. Vader would be a good example. Yeah. You know when you first see him in A New Hope, he's kind of archetypally evil, like mm-hmm. you know dressed in black, mm-hmm. red lightsaber. It's mm-hmm. like okay, just, yeah, the the Dark yeah. Lord. The, the, yeah, exactly. He's, a, like, he's an archetype. Is that the good guy? Right. Yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, as you learn about him, and then you have the prequels, um, you sympathize with mm-hmm. your character. Um, so I'm just trying to like you know work through like what's the um, difference there, right. if there is one. I, I think the first thing I want to say off the top of my head is that with Darth Vader um there was a clear arc that the creator had um towards redemption mm-hmm. um right whereas you know uh, sleeping beauty was created intentionally to have just like a very mm-hmm. very simple story of like good evil and and like that's right. it um yeah I, I don't know like that was that's one thought I think I it know. has more I think it definitely lays on the Shoulders, um, lays on the shoulders. Lays on the shoulders. <laughs> Stands um, on the shoulders. Yeah, sure. It's it's <laughs> um, balancing on the like the way you're going to present it, and like what is your purpose of trying to sympathize with this character? Like with like you know obviously the prequels to Star Wars is like the entire tragedy of Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. and it's a tragedy. Like you mm-hmm. know it's a tragedy. You're not going to end up rooting for him at the end. Yeah, but if you're like left ambiguous about like do I root for the Joker now that I see this film like because nobody really understood him and now I feel like I kind of like I don't know how I feel about this that I feel like that leans on like that's dangerous Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like that's not the right way to present that story but like you could definitely go through someone's tragic backstory but still maintain that like they're still archetypally mm-hmm. yeah, well, the and evil that's, presence that's, in the story. Yeah, actually, and the thing is that like George Lucas never did a way well, by sympathizing with Anakin, Anakin Skywalker, um, and, and seeing his background and understanding his motives mm-hmm. for why he would choose evil, didn't do away with the concept of evil itself. Oh yeah, like even even um, episode five and six when you know uh, Darth Vader's identity, mm-hmm. and then you see even Luke sympathizing with his father more in the last one. You're still like Luke all the way. Darth Vader needs to be done. Like, yeah. well, and, right, and yeah, even like in that final battle, yeah, yeah, like he's like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, you're not like, oh yeah. shoot, I kind of get where he's coming from. You're yeah. like, no, <laughs> kill that guy. <laughs> well, not only, well, not well. The thing is, like, he doesn't. Yeah, and yeah, that, and, yeah, and there's, but the thing is, like, the the mission for Luke Skywalker is to bring his father out of evil mm-hmm. into good. You know, like uh, the light side, dark side. Yeah. Those distinctions don't fade away as you learn about Anakin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's very clear, even in episode three, when right. he chooses the dark side, that he has gone evil. And I think with like, 
you know, you have like the Melissa, Maleficent character. Um, Disney's um, choice there was to actually do away with the distinctions of good and evil. Right. And because I remember like the um, the King character mm-hmm. in, in that Maleficent like was made to be this like tyrannical, evil mm-hmm. oppressor. Mm-hmm. And like um, Sleeping Beauty, what was her name? Aurora. Aurora. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, had a relationship with Maleficent and so they like that 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 movie Maleficent tried to destroy the barrier of between good and evil, mm. um, and so that I think that's another clear thing too. Like Lucas's intention was never to do that. Right. It was showing how like this character chose evil, mm-hmm. um, not yeah. that like oh well because you understand him then he's kind of a good guy. No no right. no right like he he chose to live this life and there's a a need to bring mm-hmm. him out of that. So yeah yeah I, yeah. I have a few thoughts like, you know, with, with Star Wars, there's also they try to build a relationship or they try to show a progression as mm-hmm. opposed to just like right at the very end. He's like, Dad, I love you. And he's like, <laughs> you know what? I can't do this. You're right. Yeah. You know, it's like he's he's been playing with Vader for a, a little mm-hmm. while. Like, you know, when he first meets him, he says, you know, uh, I know that you're Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and you know that right away that kind of gets mm-hmm. under Vader's skin and he's mm-hmm. like you know don't that you know, like that that main you yeah. know don't call me by that name essentially yeah. and like he's like he's clearly trying to he's calling out to his father when he's being tortured by the emperor like they're trying to show it wasn't just like this instant out of nowhere oh yeah, yeah. you're right mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah there's also like right. what uh, I think Matt you mentioned this like what story are you trying to tell yeah because I think there is definitely a place for movies that show. You know, maybe the binality of of evil, mm-hmm. the gradations of evil. Right. That sometimes people who thought were good aren't, mm-hmm. or that you know can get complicated. Who's good right. and who's bad? But it's like you take these children's stories that yeah. are like you know again very symbolic and and archetypal, and then you're like, well, let's make them complicated. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, well, who's the audience? Right? Yeah. Is it supposed right. to be millennials who are yeah. now capable of, I guess, right. taking in these? Concepts. Yeah, these yeah. blurred areas, or are right. you trying to tell a children's story? Because right. if it's a children's I, yeah. story, that's a little. Yeah. Like, I do feel like you have to be intentional about where you're like making that distinction in the writing process. Because something like Andor, we right. were discussing yeah. how complicated that the political dialogue is yeah. there, and like, there's so many like, who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? What what rules are they bending? And it's complicated, but it's not meant to be this like light dark story yes. yeah. where you're not like well he represents the good and he represents yep. the, like this is reality of politicking yeah amongst people yeah, um, yeah. and that's different so like once you yeah. start touching on maleficent darth vader like those type of characters you have to know like how am i framing this whole story this yeah. is this an archetypal story or or is yes. this just politics right right right, right. And, exactly and i was thinking of andor this whole time of like that that to me i would not classify as a children's show right no yeah it was more it, mature right it was Definitely. it was supposed yeah. to i think take on the more nitty-gritty mm-hmm. of of the star wars universe mm-hmm. and like again yet people who you think are good aren't and right. backstabbing all this different stuff mm-hmm. whereas the original trilogy is just supposed to tell the hero's journey mm-hmm. which is much less yep you know right like yeah. what is the nature of evil right? yeah can you, you do know? bad yeah. to win a war you know right. all these things yeah. right yeah exactly you know, yeah. you know um all that right even in because like um, Luke Skywalker destroyed like a million stormtroopers. With, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you know like what's the moral consequence yeah, of that? He, I mean, he might be like the biggest mass murderer <laughs> yeah. in, 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 in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then he goes yeah. back and was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like there were janitors with like families, oh, yeah. you know. But we're not thinking about that. No, but the, but that's the point. Yeah, you know, right. like, we laugh at it, but at the point is that like this is a, a story of good triumphing over evil. Yep. Um, yeah. Even I, in something like the. Uh, like Batman, Christopher Nolan's Batman. It's like, again, when you're writing the story, you already know going, like, out of the gate, you're like, this is archetypal. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, I'm not telling a, a politicking story. Um, and so, like, he intentionally writes the Joker's character as having no background. various origin stories because yeah, the whole yeah. point is, who cares? He's just archetypal chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that intentionality, like, comes through and you start to see the distinction. Right. Um yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I think there's, I think it's one of the games that takes place between, or like, like after Return of the Jedi in the beginning of the sequels. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the characters mentions that exact point that was like, I, I knew people in the Death Star. Mm. Like, do you know what you guys did? Like, 
And there's, yeah, there's yeah, kind of a questioning right. yeah. of you guys think you're the good guys, but aren't you act- aren't the rebels actually terrorists? Right. Yeah. And I think that's fine for yeah. that. But if you were to say, let's redo the trilogy, introduce like yes. is Luke Skywalker right. a terrorist? Right. right. Like, no, oh that my doesn't gosh. Work. Like that doesn't work. Now yeah. it's getting too complicated. A new yeah. hope as seen through the lens of the current Ukraine Russian <laughs> <laughs> crisis. <Yeah. laughs> it's like oh what God. the <laughs> exactly? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so it would be better like if you want to do offshoots. I'm told like. Sure, yeah. like Andor, perfect. But yeah. to like go back and take a very like archetypal story and be like, no, no, let's like make it like a little complicated yeah. with yeah. all these concepts. Well, and, like, and Lucas know. was very clear, you know, uh, whether it worked or not is another conversation, but he was very clear that Star Wars was meant for kids too, you know? Um, yeah. And so like, you know, that that com- that complication um, within stories, uh, politicking and, you know, who, you know, doing like what actions can we do in war and stuff Again, that's fine, but that requires a much more discerning mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're writing stories for kids, uh, I think it's, you know, this is maybe a m- more metaphysical claim, but you have a responsibility to showcase um, archetypes in a good way. Uh, and this is why, like, these Disney movies nowadays are just, it's not just annoying from, a, like, a, a crafting perspective, yeah. but it gets under my skin when you see some, like, like this Peter Pan movie. Mm-hmm. Um like lost boys, so what? Oh yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Mm. Like they're they're corrupting the youth. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, no other <laughs> way. Like, that's what they're doing. Uh-huh. Um, and like they're 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 clearly they're so obsessed with like their message, mm-hmm. and it's a bad message too. Right. Like I'm, I think I have more patience with like you know bad Christian movies right. with those messages. Because I'm like, okay, like yes, bad art. The only thing blah, that's blah, blah, missing blah. is your medium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. The thing but, with the uh, the Peter Pan thing too is that like it does have to something that's archetypal is and a good story is going to work on multiple levels. So the idea that it's just lost boys and she's dealing with Peter Pan, et cetera, et cetera, is not just a distinction between masculine and feminine, but it's also a distinction within herself of her masculine nature versus her feminine nature. Sure. Right? Yeah. So it's not just like, this is a commentary on boys versus girls. This is a commentary of you growing up and wanting to hold on to that masculine nature as opposed to, to embracing the feminine nature mm-hmm. as you mature. Yeah. And so, like, it works on both levels. Like, we can say mm-hmm. things about the difference in the sexes or we can talk about the individual because it's archetypal. Yeah. So, like, maintaining good writing actually allows for that multi-level analysis. Yes. And that's... and. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think, you know, the objection might be, like, so what? It's just a movie. I think a lot of people think that. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are wrong with just a statement, like, saying, like, it's just a movie. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that people can say it's just a movie, who cares, um, shows the power of movies. Because mm-hmm. it's through stories that we learn who we are. You know, myths and the power mm-hmm. of myths. Like we we will we've talked mm-hmm. about that before, but then to be able to actually go under the radar of people who are discerning, um, by just tricking people into thinking it's just a movie, is like, you know, it's like sneaking a a, a bomb in a package across em- enemy lines almost. Peter you Pan. Know? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very you know it's yeah. it's that yeah, but then on on top of that, um, I think one movie that has bad ideas. Is not going to corrupt your child. Yeah. But a steady diet of those mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. is what's dangerous. Yeah. Um, and Disney being in charge of so many IPs and putting out, spewing out so much mm-hmm. trash <laughs> content mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is, is like trying to actually feed, a, 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 a enforce a steady diet on, yeah. on a culture. It's creating an atmosphere uh, and a culture. Yeah. Yeah, Which is sure. extremely, I don't think. I, I, a lot of people realize this with Disney, um, but I don't think I, I think there's there's room for more uproar um, or or more um, combat against yeah like you know what the Daily Wire is doing mm-hmm. by you know trying to combat mm-hmm. Disney. It's a small you know small little um, successes right. you know against this huge conglomerate. Um, or at least being aware but it of needs like to what? Come down. <laughs> Disney needs to come down. <laughs> they need to calm down. Um. <laughs> Bring it down. Being it aware down. of um, what to look for in entertainment and culture for your kids is also like, I just feel like you can't you can't be passive about it and yeah. just be like, well, you know, we'll just put on whatever. If it's if it looks animated, it's probably for kids. It's probably fine. Yeah. It's like, 
I don't know. No, no, exactly. And that's what, um, and that that goes back to my comment. Like people are like, oh, it's just a kids movie. Yeah. It's like, whew. Whew. (laughs) No, like the the people that are creating this stuff, like have ideas, you know? Yeah, right. Um, That's what we got to be. So moving a little bit, well, well, it's still on the topic of movies. Um, We all saw saw the um, latest Dune trailer. Yes. Yeah, and that was um, I got excited. Yeah, again, let's <laughs> review that two minute trailer. Yeah. <laughs> let's go through the trailer. Well, not a review, but um, in direct contrast to the garbage that Disney's putting out, yeah, um, you have something that's like people are getting exciting for something that's actually good mm-hmm. and like well crafted. The ideas are clearly um, um, well thought out and fleshed out, and yeah. there's like substance um, under it. You, you showed us, you alluded to um, an interview with Denis Villeneuve. Um, talking about how one of his characters are Machiavellian, and so like there's clear philosophical understanding yeah. um, in creating mm-hmm. a story. Um, and I was like, I remember watching the, the the trailer, reading some comments on the trailer. Um, people are like, I haven't been this hyped in a movie in like over ten years, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, it it gave me a little bit of faith back in cinema. Yeah. Um, and like, okay, people can actually still get excited for good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hopeful. And, it just has to be done. Yeah. Yeah, it just has to be done. So, yeah. Yeah, I think with um, movies like Dune and even Peter Pan, as long as the director is willing to stick to the original writings mm-hmm. and and try to just bring that to life, yeah, it'll be fine. I mean, right. I think this 2003 Peter Pan, that that's probably why it was good. It there really wasn't yeah. any anything spectacular in the sense of messaging or philosophical mm-hmm. ideas. It was just true to as true as it could be to the book. Yeah. And I think yeah. same thing with, I think Villeneuve is also a very good director mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it seems like he's philosophically minded. Um, but I think also he's just following the book. Yeah. Right. He's just trying yeah, exactly. to, to put, you know, flesh on these ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what makes it good. It's not his interpretation right. Right. strictly of the book. It's, it's just trying to. It's uh, Frank Herbert's it. image. Yeah, yeah, right, right. 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 And he's trying to. to be faithful to Frank Herbert's exactly. ideas. As and the same to thing his with own. like Peter Jackson was doing the same thing mm-hmm. with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So it's like, but that goes all the way down, and that like Tolkien was trying to adhere to truth and reality, and in, in trying to write a good story. Yeah. And so when a director adapts that film, staying true to the content is actually staying true to reality. Like, yeah, exactly. As long as it's all connected at the very right. end. Yep. And and so in in some sense, if you're adapting, um. If you're adapting um, a book into a movie, it almost requires less originality than more. <laughs> you know, I think like right, with that, a lot of these. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm not saying like there's no mm-hmm. imagination or creativity. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But um, like in an effort to be like, let's do something different. Yeah, yeah. It's like just it, stay like stay true to. And we mm-hmm. talked about this in like the yeah. nature of art. Yeah. It's like if you're authentic and just trying to portray reality, mm-hmm. um, that's a good first step in creating good art. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's, I see that the direct parallel to music of like wanting to have my own sound or my own voice. It's right. like, stay, like, imitate the greats because maybe they are like alluding to something that you're unaware of mm-hmm. and then speak your own voice, like through mm-hmm. that atmosphere though. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of, it's definitely a both and there. I do wonder though, if that kind of like, they stay true to the book, if that's eventually going to like fade away as like not a good, um, just like low barrier of entry to making a good film, because it's like when when they <laughs> yeah, the, like right. we decided to adapt White Fragility into a movie and we stay true to the <laughs> literature. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like that would end up being like uh, I'd watch I'd watch that. <laughs> no, it would be like uh, you know, quote unquote woke uh, pure flicks. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it would right. it would just be mm-hmm. like instead of actual characters, mm-hmm. they would just be talking pieces for yes. different ideological points. Right, yeah, or right, something. Yeah. Well, that's what Disney is. Yeah. Disney is woke pure flicks. Yeah. Well, like point. it said, yeah, it's true. even with with the Wendy, like, I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, it, re- it really, yeah. it yeah, would have yeah. been better if she had looked in the camera and said, I guess it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Because I'd have been like, all and right. And that's what yeah. you should believe. Right. 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 You're right. Yeah yeah. 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 And in the end, she yeah. said, and that's what we all should believe. That's yeah. like that. Yeah. What was it? And it had a pride flag. God's not dead. Was it two? Where they're like in court and the guy's just like, it's like, you could tell why this whole film was made is because they wanted this scene where they lecture you about their thoughts on it yeah. as opposed to making a film. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's like, I have a podcast. And that I was have awesome. 
that was awesome. I expected like a lower third to show up with like his, his website, you know, with a URL. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Like, what's your credentials? He's like, well, I've authored authored over thirty five books. <laughs> yeah, uh, that show the historical and scientific evidence for the resurrection. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I release a new podcast <laughs> at ten a.m. Central. Every, it's like, yeah, I know that was a very jarring scene. Yeah. It was very like they obviously like paid like an, an apologist. It's like, can you just oh, yeah, for sure. get up and yeah, yeah. share yeah. your? They're like, yeah. like if you if you want some money for your, but okay, yeah, yeah. Just, they just wanted say to do a documentary books. on that and have that be the documentary, but they're like, let's make it a film. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. same thing with the woke though. That's the whole point is that they're doing yeah. like this. Peter Pan and Wendy is actually just that, except yeah, for woke. Well, and, well, one of the reasons why um, you're not going to be able to just like let's adhere to a book, right, and and use it as kind of our uh, blueprint to make mm-hmm. a good movie. Um, and if you use, you know, a book like White Fragility, um, the, the reason why... Is that the, what the book yeah. is called? <laughs> I've never read it. Um, you so, haven't? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wrote my senior thesis on that book. No. Um, one of the reasons why that won't work, work though, is that it's because it's not a classic. Um, yeah. And so, like, there is a Western canon mm-hmm. of literature. Right. And one of the things that classifies a classic is that it endures it the test of time. Right. And, you know, like over the decades, um, Dune, Lord of the Rings, right. these have been considered like at the top of their genres, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so when you have uh, a collective saying like this is what matters, like mm-hmm. these books like are still popular mm-hmm. decades, even yeah. like you know, a century after they're written, right. then you can adhere to it. It does. But, seem, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm a priest, you know. That's like that's something Not the same I, I don't do, you know. <laughs> but no, but I can, you know. I but I can. I, I'll bet money that like white fragility is not going to be remembered in fifty years, right? Unless unless that the institutions that like deem dystopia. something, yeah, yeah. that <laughs> deem something worth keeping around, there's like a tyrannical overreach to make sure these things stay up top, and that's what oh, you're yeah. seeing. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, it's like this yeah. is a New York Times bestseller. This is a whatever. Like yeah. all these stats and accolades from institutions that are corrupt that are just trying to keep their narrative up top. Sure, and you end up in yeah. a 1984 situation, right? Where yeah, burning uh, books. And- I'm talking about like, yeah, that's right. Uh, and I'm going off of like an ideal world and like yeah. how where the, the institutions Western- aren't corrupt. Yeah, and they, exactly. And the polis, you know, lifts up the best thing. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> It it is. I think. I mean, white privilege. What is the book called? <laughs> white, white fragility. <laughs> white fragility. Well, it, it does have white privilege in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah of so. course, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, but white fragility, if it's going to be remembered, it should be remembered as like this was actually upheld as like a decent book back in the day. Again, I haven't read it, so maybe I don't know. I have no it's idea. Garbage. <laughs> yeah. um, let's jump to the bonus. I have some thoughts on uh, similar things on the masculine feminine split, um, and wanted to pick your brains about it. Uh, if you guys want to sign up for that, you can go to basicallyrelated.com for our weekly bonus episodes. Um, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>